0: Praise the Lord, and welcome to the Rock City Church Podcast with Senior Pastor Bishop Bart Pierce in Baltimore, Maryland. We pray this message strengthens and encourages you to be all that God has called you to be. So let's dive into God's Word.
1: Matthew chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9, and uh, I'm going to read verse 35 through 38, and uh, just come along with me. Use your Bible. Don't use the screen only, please. Bring your Bible to church, amen. You wouldn't go to a ball game without a bat, a glove, or a ball, amen. Uh, you wouldn't go to a, ba- uh, to a beach without a bathing suit? No, well, you shouldn't. Uh, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages and teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. That's the gospel we preach. We preach the gospel of the kingdom. And that's why the pastors are meeting together uh, Tuesday Again, another group of us are meeting together, and we're, we're growing this thing again. And uh, we had 385 pastors that for five years worked together. And because of racist statements that were made, it undermined what God was trying to do. We had, we had pastors from all over this region in this pulpit, Frank Reed, all these guys. Clifford Johnson, I did his mo- was part of doing his mother's funeral. We became best friends. Uh, I took uh, uh, Clifford to uh, uh, where to take him? Africa. Took him to uh, Ghana with me, and Nigeria. And then I took uh, Frank Reed uh, to Argentina with me, and I took uh, 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 Bishop Claxton to China with me. And God was pulling us together. We had our own radio show broadcasting from here all the way to D.C. for uh, a number of years, right, broadcast right out of this old house here. They wired it all up, set up a dish and everything, and we broadcast right out of here live. And then pe- some preachers got up and said to some of those brothers, how can you follow this if it's a white man leading You have to understand, when I first came to Baltimore, I was invited downtown to meet with four pastors. And we had already had a block party or two. We were were turning block parties around. We were getting people in the kingdom. We were getting people saved. And and, uh, we had 3,000 people at one of the block parties, and the church people were going, what is this? How can they do that? So these guys brought me together, and they brought me into this upstairs room of this Baptist church, dirty as it can be, but they brought me upstairs, and it was dark, it was dingy, and they sat down at the table, and they said, "Uh, Pastor, uh, we'd like to talk to you. So I just sat there. Beside me was who became, I'm not going to tell you the point, but beside me was uh, uh, Bishop uh, Washington who passed away, great big man. And he had his cross up in his pocket. I'm sitting there and they just said, what are you doing here? We don't want a white guy in here. We don't need a white guy to come and help us. I didn't realize I was white until they told me. Because see a black woman helped raise me. Named Beulah. If you don't think that's a black woman, something wrong with you. That's why when I was out in the streets in the gangs and I'd want those uh, pig feet and stuff like that, the guys I hung out with went, you, you're nasty, what is wrong with you? I, I like collard greens and things and I couldn't, d- I couldn't jump to save my life, but I could flat dance because Beulah put my naked butt on the side of the sink and she made me dance. And she taught me how to sing ham bone, ham bone, both skin all around town and back again. Man, I sang and shouted and she said, You got it, boy. So then when I was nine years old, I won a talent show. I made a record. I did. I made a record. Are you listening today? So these boys got down on me, wanted to know why I was there. So then I asked them, could I speak? They said, yeah. Well, first they said, no. Bishop Washington said, let, let the little brother speak. So I asked him, I said, let me ask you something. What in the hell are you doing here? Are you here because you're black, you're poor, and you're dumb, and you don't know what to do? Well, that's a good way to win a conversation, isn't it? And I said to him, I said, usually when I go to these meetings, everybody put their gun on the table. I said, I know somebody's got one. When I finished that meeting, there was no voices. God was so good that he turned that thing around and let every one of those men and I work together, come together. I preached in their church. I taught evangelism in their church. I dedicated Harley Wilson's new property so he could build his church. All those guys, it all changed. And we're back going to it again now. Now, listen, listen Jesus looked on the cities. That's why I brought that in, but he looked on the city, the village of teaching, the center God's preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. If you don't have compassion in your heart, in this day, I doubt your salvation. When you don't have compassion to do something for somebody else to help the somebody, if you don't have that working in you, something is missing. You gotta go back to the altar and meet God again. When he saw the multitude, he was moved. How many of you know we got to get away from this attitude? Well, that's a Pentecostal church. You know, they're they're all emotion. I want to tell you something. I don't want to go somewhere where there ain't no emotion. Hello? There are too many dead, half-baked churches in this region that could shut down tomorrow and nobody would even know they shut down. They're dried up. They got cotton in their mouth. Lord moved with compassion for them because they were, listen to this, now here's the key. What moved Jesus to feel what he felt, to look at these people with this empathy, with this passion was they were weary and they were scattered. You see, that's what is going on. People have become weary on trying to be a Christian. Denying the power of God's work in your life of grace we're we're working so we can become religious instead of leaning on him trusting in him acknowledging him hello so we're we're we're, we're trying and we become weary in well doing and then we get scattered i i wanted to preach on they were scatterbrained, but, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me say that. So just blip out of the tape, right? But they were scattered, and that's what's happened. God's people, you ride down in Texas. We rode on this highway in Texas, and I'm not kidding you, there wasn't a mile between churches. Church, 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 church. We just kept driving down these roads church after church after church after church yet they still in trouble and have you know it's easy when people look at the fact that everybody's all over the place and nobody can get along and it's all scattered and here we are on Sunday morning coming to church and there's people sitting at home watching and they'll say I watched the service You don't know what I brought in here today. Mark, go in the back room. There's uh, some things on that table in there and bring it to me. I'll show you what I brought. But I was needing another part and somehow uh, it didn't. Somebody took it from the church, which I don't believe they should have done that. But anyway, but let me just tell you now. It says they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. That's the real thr- thrust of what I want you to get. They were sheep. Yeah. Jesus' analogy was they were like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. Then in verse 37, he said to disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the labors are few. But watch this, verse 38. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Why are you having to pray for labors to go into his harvest? If it's his harvest, what the heck? Have you know, it's his harvest, but but the people don't want to be a part of that. People don't really want to be a part of bringing people into the kingdom. Amen. That's why that boy I talked to yesterday in the car, myself and Jim Kilmartin and my wife, I mean, I, I I just laid it on the boy, and he was just he was sitting there at the we got out getting our bags, and he's sitting in the front seat, and he just bawling. He just crying. Because God was making something real to him. Thank you. I, I brought my pajamas. And I was going to wear them today. I was going to put my pajamas on because some of you pajama Christians, I wanted you to feel comfortable. I wanted you to feel like you were really at home. So I was going to wear my pajamas so that you could say, man, that's my kind of church. You need to get out of them pajamas and put on an armor. And you can't get the armor till you come to the armory. Now let me get further here. Verse 10, uh, chapter 10. Now, this is chapter 9, a few verses, and this is chapter 10. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power uh, over unclean spirits to cast them out and uh, heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. And then he names here, verse 2, uh, all the disciples, and then verse 4, even down to the disciple Judas. He even told Judas that Judas could go out and, and, and have power over unclean spirits and cast out demons. Judas the one that, that denied him. how many of you know Judas's are in the church. Yes. Verse five. then Jesus uh, then these twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans. He said there are some areas that you don't have the authority to go in there. And I pray that God's people learn that not everybody's going to get saved. Amen. Not everybody's coming in the kingdom. Amen. Not everybody's going to be born again. Amen. And you need to understand that and have discernment. Some will not make it. They have another gospel. Verse 6, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. And then he says in verse 9, provide neither gold nor silver nor nor copper in your money belts. Don't don't, don't worry about anything. He said, I've already made provision for it. Hello? Hello? nor a bag for your journey, don't worry about clothes, nor taking two tunics, nor even sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. So he said, because your labor is in my field, I'm going to show you Jehovah Jireh. I'm going to provide for you. And when you go into a household, you greet it. And if the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your, re- your, your peace return to you. Have I mean, you know, they're, they're, he was saying, when you go somewhere, if they're open to the gospel, they're open to my kingdom, and they receive you, go on in. But if they don't receive you, dust off your shoes and don't go away going, well, you know... They didn't like me or they, they were offended by something I said and do all that. No, no, because the lost sheep of the house of Israel, they hear the voice of the shepherd. There are people today that are in, in the worst hell holes you could have dream of, and yet you can speak God's word and they will hear it instantly. Because deep cries unto deep. It happened to you. You were as sinful as you could be and then somebody said something about Jesus and something in you went, ho, ho, ho! Wait a minute, hold on, what was that? My friend Reggie Vinson who was one of the big rock and rollers and uh, with uh, Kiss and all the, uh, not Kiss, but uh, uh, Alice Cooper and all these guys. And uh, Reggie was with Miss, former Miss America at a hotel in Texas and they were going to have a party at some champagne. They're going upstairs. And uh, they got undressed and they were, doing, you know, getting ready to have a great party. And the uh, girl turned on the TV and Billy Graham was on. She, and he said, get that off of there. Now, he had been exposed to the gospel because Alice Cooper's dad was a preacher. So so <laughs> she turned the channel and Billy Graham's was on that channel too. She turned another channel, and Billy Graham was on that channel. She turned like six, seven channels, and finally he got up, got dressed, and sat down on the end of the bed and said, Oh, my God, this is crazy. Now, if you don't know these stories, these are people I know personally. When I tell you Alice Cooper and I know those stories, you got to understand, all those people, uh, Jeff Finholt, you ever heard that name? Yeah. Jeff Finholt was who did Black Sabbath. Jeff and I were good friends. We ministered together. The guy that was the lead with uh, Three Dog Night was here at the church. Dion DiMucci was a friend. Him and I traveled all over Florida preaching. Dropping names. (laughs) So you think I'm somebody. (laughs) But here's what I want you to get is that when they went to these places and they said no, no, no. We don't receive you. You need to get away from it. You need to walk away and say thank you, Jesus. The word that I had for that young man, I said, "You have entanglements," and he said, "Oh my God." I said, "I've been. I let my brother come and stay with me, he was walking with the Lord. He backslid and he's brought drugs and brought booze into my house." And he said, "It's messing up my whole walk with God." And I said, "You got to let him go." He said, "That's what God told me." I said, you got to let him go. Turn the door open and let him go. And let him have a fill of his... Because if God is trying to reach him, somebody's coming along like a me and you're going to be able to grab that boy and bring him into kingdom. But if you try to bring him in and God ain't trying to drive him in, he's going to drive you the other way. And whatever, in verse 14, and whoever will not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart from that house of the city, shake off the dust from your feet. Come on, stop living under condemnation that the devil tells you, well, you know, you couldn't get a hold, you couldn't reach him, you must not be really full of the Holy Ghost. No, God's not touching some people. Walk away. Walk away and just say, thank you, Jesus. Now, that doesn't give you an excuse not to go to the next house. Verse 15, surely I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. How many of you know that that we have got to change uh, how we approach this gospel and reach people for the kingdom? Can you hear that? Now, that's Thursday night, and then I took everybody to another part of the scripture, which I'm not going to give to you. But I'm going to tell you this. How you know that our God refers to himself as a shepherd? Yes. Jesus is a shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. Yes. Looks over a city and he sees it as a shepherd would see it. Our shepherd Jesus, he provides and he protects. Now, you got to get this. After I did all that I shared with you and I wanted you to look at it, I want to try to join these two together. And, and God is both provider and he's also protector. Look at Psalm 23, verse 1 through 6. Come on with me now. Psalm 23. We all know that. We could probably quote that. Come on, let's get a little bit of it. The Lord is... Don't put it on the screen. Now, isn't it amazing that you just sat there and quoted that scripture, yet you can't quote many more, but you can quote that one. Hello? But now you can tell me what the stats are in the NBA or what the NFL is going to trade to get who, or what new hip-hop is coming out with what hip-hop song. Who's going to win the Oscars, the Grammys, the People's Award, the Loser's Award? Oh, you didn't know that one's out there, right? Now, let me help you with that scripture because I want to I want to break it down just a bit for you because that's really, really where I'm going to end right here. I'm going to bring something together for you. If you'll, if you'll just give me your... Ear for a few minutes. Now, the first three verses, he's telling us something. He's telling that Jesus is our shepherd and our provider. How many of you know in the book of uh, Matthew, chapter nine, what I read to you, verse, you know, uh, thirty, so thirty-one to thirty-five. Do you understand? He said, "Don't worry about what you're going to have to have. I'll give you shoes. I'll give you money. I'll make sure you got clothes. Don't worry about anything." How do you know he's saying, I- I- "I'm going to provide"? Yeah. You see, a, sh- a sh- sheep are sort of defenseless, and they have to have a shepherd. Yeah. Now, goats don't have to have a shepherd. Right. They eat everything, yeah. and they butt everything, right. but. Well, I would, but I'd like, but. But see, sheep, they need, they need that. They need, they need somebody to, that's why Jesus uses over and over that he's the door because he sat, he put up some stones and he left an opening so the sheep could come in and he laid there at night and he slept there so that the sheep uh, uh, David did that, and, and Jesus is giving the illustration. The shepherd is, he lays there, and he lays there to guard the door. He said, I'm the door. You ain't coming in through me unless you come the right way. He said, I'm the door. Hello. And so we look at Psalm tw- uh, uh, 23 here. He says, The Lord's my shepherd. I shall, I'm going to provide. I'm going to provide. I'm your shepherd. I'm going to lead you to green pastures. I'm going to cause you to eat good. You see, that's why you need to get in the house of God so you can eat correctly. Because you eat with your heart and your ears. When you're home, you eat with your mouth and your eyes. I don't know, this this church is not the one I used to pastor here a couple of weeks ago. The ones at home, they eat with their mouth and their eyes. I like it. I want to see it. I want, oh, come on, I'll eat it. Give me more chips. Give me more salsa or whatever. You come to the house of God, you have to, you don't want to see because that doesn't allow faith to come in. You have to hear. Faith comes by hearing. So you come in and eat with your ears. And you receive what you hear with your heart. So when you're at home, you're eating with your eyeballs, because you're watching me. You're eating with your eyeballs in your belly, your mouth. Come on. Now, He says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He's providing. Green pastures is what the Shulamite said. She said, he took me, my lover took me into his chambers and and, and I I slept with him in his green bed. Emphasis on green because green is what you get on the plants where life is, chlorophyll. It's where you get the life that comes off the plants. So when he says, I lead you into green pastures, it means there's a lot of pastures you could eat from, but you got to get in the pasture where it's green, where there's life there for you to eat. A lot of sheep are eating a lot of bad stuff, and they got digestion. Hello? And they pick up a lot of worms, and they pick up a lot. That's why they dip them. They have a thing called sheep dip. And they have to dip the sheep because they picked up stuff. They get a bug in their head. There's people watching me today. this is a word from God. You picked up a bug up your nose when in your head and it's buzzing until you drive it's driving you nuts. And what a sheep will do is take his head and bump into a tree or a post on a fence till he gets that buzzing to stop. That's what makes the sheep go insane. That's what makes the sheep do stupid things and leave the goodness of God and go back to the vomit like a dog. Are you hearing me today? Look what he says. He says, uh, he restores my soul. You see, God not only wants you to know that he's going to take care of your spirit and feed you with green grass, but he's going to also restore your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's your soul. That's the word, Greek word, suke. God said, I'm going to restore your mind. How many of you know a lot of God's people need their mind renewed? Your mind is renewed by the washing of the word of God. You need your mind renewed. Come on. And you get your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Some of you know there's a lot of people, they got emotions, and that's all good. I said that a minute ago. But their emotions are based on nothing but feeling. Right. Yeah. See, I, I base my emotions on truth. On. Yeah. The joy of the Lord makes me want to dance. Yeah. Yeah. That's an emotion coming by truth. Are you hearing me? Look at this. Look at this. And he leads you in the past of righteousness for his namesake. He leads you in the past. So he's your provider. He's going to take you through all that you need to go through. And and, and let me just kind of back it in there just a minute so you don't miss this. David was really making a reference here. And I love I speak about David quite a bit. And uh, the first thing you need to see is that fear. The number one deal with people is fear. That's right. yes. and, and, and it says here, though, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, my shepherd, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me to the waters. How many of you know in, in verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death. Yes. How many of you know the number one fear that man has yes. is death? Yes. Now, you know, some people will say, well, no, no, I'm not afraid of dying. But I am afraid of heights. You idiot. You're not afraid of heights. You're afraid of falling from the heights, and you're gonna die. Some will say, Well, I'm not afraid of heights, and I'm not afraid of dying, but I am afraid of spiders and snakes. And I go, you idiot, you're not afraid of the snake. You're afraid the snake bites you and kill you. Come on. How I do mean, you know we get it all mixed up? But the number one thing is, it's the fear of death. Don't fear death. He says, I've, I've conquered that for you. Can you hear that? The Bible says in verse 4 there, in the New Living Translation, would you flip this over to the New Living Translation for the rest of it? You'll see why. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. He is with us in the battle. And the word there says, for because... You are with me, I will fear no evil. He says, because you are with me, I will fear no evil. That's the middle part of verse 4. Amen. And he says, I'm not going to fear any evil because you're with me. Now, that word for is the word because. So you got to know you don't have to have fear because Jesus is with you. Jesus destroys fear. Fear is an emotion. My daughter, when she was two, I could put her on the refrigerator, back away and go like this. She'd jump right off. I mean, she'd just do this. With her little face just lit up with joy because I'd catch her, swing her around, and she'd just lay back in my arm. I'd put her back on the refrigerator. She'd jump again. Have you know, she had no fear. Amen. Fear is an emotion. My son one day went by this same heater all the time, but one day he touched it. When he touched it, his hand was outlined. The skin of his hand stayed on the little uh, side of the uh, stove there, and it burned his skin right off. Well, every time he went by there from that point on I mean, he made it a U turn, a big one. How do you know that when you don't know something is bad, you don't fear it? So, fear is an emotion. That's why you need to understand, Suke, submitted to the Lordship of Christ, can overcome fear because it's an emotion that you're allowing your mind and your emotions to feed on. And If you understand he conquered death, you ain't going to fear death. Mm. You there? Now, John 14, verse 16. It says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Hello? Because if you look at this, it says, I'm going to be with you. For you are with me. Hello? Hello? So he says, you're going to be with me. Don't worry about it. I'm going to be with you. I mean of you know Jesus says, I'm going to be with you? He says it a lot. And, and he says, I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The reason I don't have fear is because he that's with me is greater than he that's in the world. Are you hearing me? Emmanuel means God is with you. Verse 17 of John 14, it says, He, the Holy Spirit, who leads into all truth, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later, because I'm going to go to the Father and send him, he's going to be in you. Verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. Abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. You know, God says, I'm going to be your provider, but I'm going to be your protector. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you in the morning. I'm going to be with you at night. I'm going to be with you when it's good. I'm going to be with you when it's bad. Don't you know those Ukrainian young people right now i have been out on the streets and in little places praying and saying, God, be with us. And they're stepping into the most horrible set you could imagine with a confidence that God is with them. The question by many is how can he, the Lord, be on the throne in heaven and with me on the earth at the same time. Because God is a triune God. He's three persons in one. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one God. So you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Son, and you have the Father. And they're all one in the same. So you have God in every area. That's why Jesus said you got God with you, but you're going to have God in you soon. And how many of you know, you got God in you. He's on the throne, but he's in you. Because he's a three-part being. How many of you know, I, I'm multi-part myself. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a knucklehead. No, I'm a, I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm, you know, you can be multiple things, can't you? And how many of you know, you can be, I can be pastor to you. Hello? Our shepherd, and then at the same time, I can be to somebody else. I I, I can be their their, their father. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. So so God says, you don't have to worry. You're serving me, one God, which can break into three parts. I'll always be God. I sent my son to reveal who I am and I'm going to send him back to heaven and bring the Holy Spirit so you can have me still in you. I'm safe. You're safe because he's within me and within you and in me and you. Again, he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When you read that, when you see that little statement there, how many of you know the rod and a staff is used for two purposes? It's used for the saint. It's used for the sheep. And how many of you know when you were growing up, anybody ever have a rod applied to you? How many of you found it as comforting? How many of you went and go, oh, I feel so comforting, so warm. That, that when I went to school, they, they drilled holes in the paddle so that when it was moving through time and space, there was no restriction. The air flow. They had an aerodynamic paddle. And when they would go to paddle me, they would always bring in the coach, the wrestling coach. See, I wrestled in the in high school. So they'd always just go, hello, come down here. Mr. Midget. come down. One of your students, one of your wrestlers did such and got in a fight. And I'm going, oh, man coach would come down, wiry, strong arms, Pierce, reach across that desk and grab the other side of it. And I never heard it because there was no wind restriction. It was coming. And as it was coming, the air was flowing through it when it made contact. That rod never comforted me one time. It did change my opinion for the moment. The rod, the paddling, was never confronting. I mean comforting. The rod and the staff are used against the enemy. How I do mean, you know that the shepherd uses the same rod against the enemy? So that you understand, he associates your misbehavior with your enemy. That's That's why he used it on both. He used it on the sheep and he used it on the wolf. Because he wanted you to see. You see this rod? It's applied to both. You're displaying the nature of your enemy. Come on, saints. That's free. Now the shepherd comes to our protection He comforts us in battle. Verse 5, it said here, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. How many of you know that scholars get that mixed up? I happen to have been blessed to be able to be in the right place at the right time. And I had an Arab scholar take me to this place I'm going to tell you about. And, And it was in Israel. And it's a biblical location. So when, when David was talking about, he says, you prepare a table, he's not talking about a dining room or a folding table. It's a place. And all the, the, the shepherds in that whole region where David would have been, you could say to them, where's the table? Oh, come, you, know, you go down here, go south, go west, and you'll see on the top. It was a flat, we went up there. It's a flat mountain just like this stage. And when you went over to the edge, it had bushes and stuff. There was a skinny little trail that was not comfortable to go up. It was because sheep are, you know, good, sure-footed. It was a little skinny trail. Came all the way up. You could see it all the way up the mountain. All the way up. Came all the way up till it got up on the top. What was down there? was Jordan River. What was down there in David's day? Bears, leopards, tigers, lions. They were all there drinking water. And so what David was saying is, he said, the Lord provided a table, a place of refuge so that I could look down, look down on my enemies. I could see them down there and say, ha, you can't get me. The biblical location, the place in Israel. Now, if you get this, look down on the enemies. He said, uh, uh, You prepare a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. Right in the presence of the sheep's enemy, there was the bears and the lions. Then he says, He anointed my head with oil. Oh, David, David, I wrote a book about it. I wrote a book about covering my head in the day of battle. So important. That we know that God wants to put oil on your head. You see, the sheep, remember I told you, the little bug got in his nose and they would pour oil on top of the sheep and the sheep's nose would suck that oil up and the oil would cause the the bug that was in there to drown. You got to get your head anointed. See, you can have a good heart and have a stupid head. You can have a good heart, but have a messed up brain. And your brain will rob you of all the good that God is trying to do in your life. Say, Lord, anoint my head. He doesn't say anoint my heart. He says anoint my head. Because your head's out here. Your heart's in here. Your head's out here looking Remember, you're eating how, with your mouth and your eyes. Come on, how many of you have you ever been? I was in uh, uh, Archbishop's Church in uh, Ghana, and I had a horn, and I had it like this, and they were pouring oil in it, and I uh, anointed 189 uh, or 87 pastors, and it just would take my finger off the end, and just, and it would cover them. I mean, literally. In their eyeballs. It was in their no down in their clothes. I mean it was And he would say to me, you know, I, I kind of throttled it a little bit. You know, I kinda leaked my finger over a little bit and it spit a little bit. And Artricia said, take your finger off the hole. I'm not kidding you now. These boys would stand there and you couldn't see them hardly. I said, my Lord, we could anoint their shoulder. He said, no. He said, don't anoint their hands. It's going to be their head that gets them in trouble every time. Oh, boy. Psalm 73, I'm about to land. I want you to get this. Psalm one seventy. I mean, psalm 73, verse 1. I'm going to read something to you. I'm going to read something to you. This ought to be the psalm that you take home with you today. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, now watch this, I almost lost my life. I almost lost my footing. Coming up that steep slope, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. How many of you know a lot of people They start losing their footing. That's why you call it backsliding. Michael Jackson put it to music. My feet were slipping. For I envied the proud, this is why, I envied the proud when I saw them prosper. Can you get this? He said, I envied the proud when I saw them prosper. Come on. And he says, uh, I'm reading out of the King, New King James now. For there was no pangs in his death, but their strength their strength is, in, is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Look at David. He's looking at them and saying, they never get in trouble. They lie on television. Look at all them politicians that lie and cheat and steal money like Nancy Pelosi and them. They set up the, the, the rig and that thing so they can get money. And you know what? They keep right on smiling and keep right on lying. How many of you have ever said, boy, if I was God, I'd kill him? Oh, I know y'all didn't, but I do. I said, Lord, let me be you for one day. I'll wipe them all out. And then he says, yeah, and I'll wipe you out afterwards. And I went, okay, well, we got that. They they are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like the other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge like Putin's uh, with abundance. They have more than heart could wish, like like the guy that, that Amazon and all them guys, Bezos, Bozo, whatever. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning op- oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens. Oh, yeah, this is where they get in trouble. They set their mouth against the kingdom of God. And their tongue walks through the earth. I, I love illustrations. Can you imagine their tongue? Pelosi's tongue is about four foot 11. And it loves ice cream. And it loves lying. And it walks, before she comes in the room, it walks right in. Wouldn't that be a great picture, like a cartoon? Show a tongue just walking in, chest back. And you can look at it and say, I know whose tongue that is. I've heard that tongue. My, 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 my. Their tongue walks to the earth. Therefore, his people return here, and waters of full cup are drained by them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the most high God? This is the antichrist. This is the spirit of of the world right now. Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely I have ceased. I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long, I, have, I am plagued. I've been plagued and chastened every morning by these people with their arrogance and their laws. Wear the mask, double mask, three masks. Now the mask's not needed. How does that virus know if I'm standing five foot six behind that person in line? That virus can't not be able to say, oh, he's he's not six feet. Uh (laughs) He said, I will speak thus. Behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children when I thought how to understand this. It was too painful for me when I looked at the world and saw them prospering in everything. Then he said this, until, put it on the board, Until I went in, those of you. See, I made, I got my striped ones that look like a prison. (laughs) Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood therein. When I came into the house of God, I understood where they're going to be. What's coming their way? I'm going to duck because what's coming is a consuming fire. Yes. Ah. That's right. That's yes. right. uh, wow. I understood. It wasn't until I came to the house of God. Wasn't until you came to the house of God that you understood how far away from God you really were. Yes. You anoint my head with oil, my cup's running over. Can you hear that? Yeah. The effects of the living Holy Spirit living in us causes two things to happen. He refreshes us and he strengthens us. Now, I'm, I'm going to end with this. Psalm, and you got to read this. Psalm 23 says, my cup runs over. Matthew 20, 23, you will indeed drink from my cup, he says. Listen at Psalm 16. In the New Living Translation, Psalm 16. Turn there if you will. Lord, you alone, oh, you alone, God. Ain't nobody like my God. Ain't nobody like my God. Lord, you alone are my inheritance. My cup of blessing, you guard all this that is mine. Look at this, my cup of blessing. How do you know you're drinking from his cup? You're drinking from his cup. He says that in Psalm 23. You're drinking from his cup, not the world's cup, his cup. And his cup has blessing in it. Can you hear that? Then, if you read on, I would love for you to read that whole thing. It's just uh, so good. But go to verse 9. He says, no wonder. No wonder. (laughs) No wonder my heart is glad and I'll rejoice. My body rests in safety. My shepherd will take care of me. Some of you never rest, even though you sleep, you never rest because your mind is never put under the lordship of Christ, so it never shuts up, and it's not subject to the obedience of God. So you go to bed at night, and you're tormented because your mind is going, and it won't stop. Look what he says. No wonder my heart's glad. And I rejoice, my body rests in safety. The reason it don't rest a lot of times is you think you can fix it. You think you can put this all together. You think you got it figured out. You ain't got it figured out. I go to bed at night and I ain't got nobody trying to shoot me. I ain't lying to nobody. I ain't stealing from nobody. I go to bed and I can sleep. Thank you, Jesus. But what I really do is I rest. Boy, when that peace comes, it surpasses. Come on. It surpasses all understanding. Go on. Verse 10. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. Hallelujah. Go on. You will show me the way of life, right. granting me the joy of your presence oh, yeah. Thank you. and the pleasures of living with you forever. Forever. Come on, get up on your feet today and say, Lord, thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rock City Church podcast. And a special thank you to all who generously give to our ministries. We're feeding 40,000 families each month through our food program. We're sheltering women in crisis and have had over 1,200 babies born through our girls' home. And we're able to impact countless lives around the world through generous givers like you. Tap the link in the description below to give online or visit our giving page at rockcitychurch.com. Our prayer room is open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And if you need prayer, call our 24-hour prayer line at 410-882-2689. Like and share this message with your friends and subscribe to get the latest messages. You can also join us in service on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Thanks again for listening to the Rock City Church Podcast. God bless you.